Excellence Expected, the inspirational business advice podcast. Hello and welcome to Excellence Expected. My name is Mark Asquith. This week's episode is all about software. It's all about taking you on a journey from stymie, from paralysis, from fear of launching to having the confidence to get your software out there into the marketplace. With me this week is a guest for whom I have a lot of admiration, even though I've actually only known the person for a week. Last week, I discovered a brand new app called Ginkgo. And I say brand new because it's brand new to me, but actually it's been around for about a year. Now, Ginkgo is a writing tool which allows you to work with a document at multiple levels, either top-level structure or down and dirty, digging into the content. And I have to admit that as a writer, it's one of the finest tools that I've come across in a long, long time, and it immediately fit into my workflow. So this week, I'm joined by the founder of Ginkgo, Mr. Adriano Ferrari. Adriano, welcome to Excellence Expected. Thank you, Mark. Glad to be here. How are you, sir? Are you, uh, you enjoying, you enjoying the, the product launch? How, how long into Ginkgo are you? Well, this, this would be the first year that it's been out, uh, to open to the public, and there was a year before that of development. But the timeline's kind of skewed because I was working on my PhD at the same time, so it's, not, it's kind of been slowly becoming more full-time as time went on. So two years in, I'd say. Well, that's, that's fantastic. So, so you were able to actually get, get an app into, uh, into the market while studying for a PhD. That's quite impressive, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, the PhD is not, uh, it wasn't as much of a time commitment as one would expect. I was lucky in that case. It can, it can vary very much depending on, on your circumstance. But for me, I was lucky that it could be very part-time. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I can understand how, uh, how that varies somewhat. And actually, just building on the PhD that we talked about, mm-hmm. What is your background, Adriano? Is it, uh, you know, where's the doctorate come from? In, and in how, physics. How did, in physics. And yeah. How did you get into Ginkgo, if, if you don't mind me asking? <laughs> Actually, uh, when most people tell, when I tell most people that I'm working on a software project and that I have a PhD in physics, it, it seems to be like there's a disconnect. But the, the problem that led me to develop Ginkgo was in writing my thesis. In writing my thesis, I found that... Uh, I was very dissatisfied with all the solutions out there for for writing something as complicated and and that takes such, that takes place over such a long time, like a thesis. So that's that's where it came out of. So you solved your own your own problem, then. That's a it seems to be quite a common trait of yeah. people creating apps, doesn't it? The, the problem solving. Yeah, for sure. It's a little dangerous though, and uh, because you end up focusing too much on what you need, which is great at first when you're, when you're at the initial stages to, to, to have that drive to come up with an original solution that satisfies your needs. But you do have to quickly um, start investigating beyond yourself and see what other people can benefit from in this. And I can understand that, actually, because it's, if you are solving your own problem, I guess you do sometimes get bogged down with the fact that I'd like it to do this and I'd yeah. really like it to do that. Yeah, I can understand that. For sure. And How's business going? How's Ginkgo's first year been? It's been it's been good. I mean, um, we we are small. It's just me and a co-founder. And recently, he he went back to being a freelancer. So it's just me for now. And um, it's it's profitable, but uh, it's 
facing, I think the biggest challenge we're facing right now is that it is too versatile and I need to find a more specific niche to target. That's, that's really our main challenge right now. Oh, so you're finding your, yourselves too broad because as I look at Ginkgo myself, I mean, it solves a heck of a lot of my problems. I think we've, right. <laughs> we, we touched on this on Twitter, didn't we, very briefly. Yeah. And yeah. the problem that I had similar to you is that the structure was very difficult to manipulate of any right. given document. I'm yeah. just finishing the ebook for Excellence Expected and it's, mm-hmm. wow, we've been able to zoom out and see things yeah. and zoom in and see things and focus on detail or structure depending on your needs is so fantastic. So how can you see that niching down further then? Where would you take that next? Well, the thing is that essentially I can, it's it's a question of just choosing any one niche because really, um, I, I mean, there, there are criteria by which I think I should choose a, a particular niche over a different one, but because it's available and, and so broadly applicable, if, if I wanted to, I could literally just choose any one of the, the niches, uh, whether it's ebooks or, or a thesis or screenplays or blogs or, or personal productivity, any one of those, and just focus on it and dedicate uh, the features that I'm prioritizing towards that, the marketing messages and all of that. Um, but it's, uh, it's tricky to do more because of the mindset than, than the actual, uh, um, procedures involved in, in, in choosing a nation and going after it. And that's, that's really the struggle for me personally. It's difficult to sometimes make the decisions that at the time feel very hard, isn't it? Yeah. The, the fact that you may realistically feel as if you're annoying a particular segment of the audience when, you know, if it's for the greater good of the business, isn't it? Yeah. 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 That's the case. Um, although I'm slowly and recently, and so I'm still working through these thoughts, so they're not really clarified yet, but I'm slowly starting to realize that it's not, um, that my, my hesitation with this is not really, uh, it's just due to a lack of direct, uh, interaction with the, the, the market that I do consider that I want to go after first. So the, the graduate students, researchers and, uh, in the academic space. So even though I am one of them, I do need to do more market, talk to more people in that space and really understand what their particular problems are and see if that is really what, uh, what I can focus on for the short term. And if not, choose something else. But I think what I'm lacking is talking to people. It's difficult to get out sometimes and, and actually do that, isn't it, while you've got your head down. And obviously, you have, have a new child as well, which yeah. is uh, no doubt taking a lot of your time. So, yeah, you know, sure. it's extremely, extremely admirable raising a young family and developing a new product. And of course, doing that with a PhD ongoing as well at the side of it in the early days. That, you know, it's wildly impressive. And it's, from my perspective, it's amazing to see how far you've come in, in what is effectively a very, very short period of time. And we live in an age of um, impatience where people yeah. want things so, so quickly. So how did you feel about that personally? Did you feel you were moving fast enough or too fast in the early days? Well, it's it's difficult because, um, I mean, when you look at other businesses and when you are aware of, of, of uh, different products, different solutions outside of your uh, business, you are often seeing them once they've hit some kind of breakthrough point. Otherwise, you just wouldn't be aware of them. And so when you compare yourself to those businesses, as, as I have in the past, then it, it just feels like it's very slow. But uh, it's, it's, it's not really, I think it's, it's like you said, it's an impatience and, and this myth that, you know, because you're in the tech space, things, things go quickly and they explode and, and you know, everything 
if it's not if it's not getting millions of users a month, then it's not you know it's not growing fast enough. And I think that's that's damaging because you, especially if in our case, we are we started bootstrapped, so we didn't have any investment. So it it is damaging when you start comparing yourself to companies when you don't actually know what the situation is behind them and how long they've been working at that particular problem and so on. That's a superb point, the, the fact that when you actually break the surface as a business, it's the first time people, like you say, it's the first time people actually see you. And if you break with such gusto, like the mailboxes of the world, or even people like WhatsApp who get acquired for a billion dollars by Facebook, mm -hmm. we all want that very quickly, don't we, these days? <laughs> it's almost, it's like an entitlement. I'm in tech, I'm yeah. in software. Yeah. I'm owed that billion dollar payout, which is... It's such an unrealistic, yeah. unattainable goal at times, isn't it? But, yeah. Uh, yeah, the impatience is very, very challenging. Um, how did you guys launch? That's one of the big questions I had, just thinking about Ginkgo from afar. In a world of investments, mm -hmm. in a world of Y Combinator, in a world of mm -hmm. large sums of investment, for a business that bootstraps, how did you guys launch? Uh, well, in, in this, it's funny that you mentioned Y Combinator because our... Initial launch was simply to. Uh, well, for a while, we had uh, uh, just a sign-up form on the page, and we just put links in random places. It wasn't very well thought out. Um, and at some point, we decided, okay, we, we have enough here to to launch it, and we we just put it up on Hacker News, which is uh, just. I mean, I'm, I'm sure your audience is familiar familiar with it, but uh, there's, you know, you vote up stories, and it's usually very much in the tech space, and we just got enough. Vote, upvotes to end up on the front page there. And so that's where a lot of our initial traction came from. And um, yeah, I'm not sure how much of that was, was luck, to be honest, but uh, that's, that's how we went about it. That's quite an inspiring story for people that are finding themselves so disheartened by not being able to find investment or, mm -hmm. you know, not, not going down this almost, it's almost a cool, trendy path of investment yeah. these days, isn't yeah. it? And yeah. it's in encouraging to see a business doing well yeah. that hasn't gone down that path. And did you, looking back on that, would you have preferred the investment looking back? Would it have made certain aspects easier? Or, or, uh, no, actually, I, I'm glad that we didn't have that. And, uh, and I, looking back over the whole period of two years, I think it's, it's very ironic, but the, the decisions that were most difficult and that caused the most trouble, um, and I think that led to the greatest amount of, uh, let's say, spinning our wheels and not really moving forward are the ones where we were focused um, entirely on trying to to increase our, our our revenue essentially and you know that's that's very much counterintuitive but I think uh, I'm starting to realize that there's nothing that can replace focusing on delivering value and it's it's something that's hard to do when when somebody's given you you know hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars and they're kind of like watching to, to, to see that, that explosion that they need to happen. So the, the, I'm glad that we didn't have that. And so when necessary, and, and I'm trying to do more of this now, but just focus on delivering value and just the rest should take care of itself. And it has been so far like with, with this uh, approach. That's a really inspirational approach. I think that is so, so vital to anyone listening out there who is looking at creating a platform or an app or a piece of software mm. that solves a problem or creates some desire is focusing on actually doing the job really well. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. And, and here's, uh, I mean, there's a caveat to that, which is, like I said, I'm, I'm still having trouble with and need to work on, which is that um, you don't, you're not really solving the problem well unless you're talking to other people and, and really understanding the problem and, and not focusing on your solution to the problem, but just really talking to as many people as possible um, to, to understand the problem well. And if you do that and then you understand the problem well, then you know you can deliver value and, and solve that problem to that particular segment. Um, that, does, that does everything you need to. And like it generates traction. It, it, you know, it's all there in that. But the trick is not to fall in love with your solution and just work on, on the problem in your own bubble and just try to force that down people's throats, essentially. <laughs> you know? like you have to talk to people and, and it's hard. I would imagine it's difficult almost, and we'll get to this in a second, mm -hmm. but I would imagine it's difficult to listen to people as well if you're so married to the product that you've created. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, in a sense, you have to be willing to walk into an interview um, with, and again, I don't want, I want to make it clear that I'm still in the process of, of, of moving forward with this. So it's not really like um, knowledge from, it's kind of from the trenches. That's what I'm working on right now, right? So, but the idea is that you have to be willing to walk into uh, a customer discovery interview and just actually listen to what they're saying and be willing to scrap your idea if that's what it turns out that's not working or, or to look at a different market. I mean, it's, it's a combination of both, right? But you can't be married to the idea and it's hard. I think looking at that from the outside, mm -hmm. that is so... It's so fresh because a lot of, well, pitching it from a different angle, the app culture that we live in, mm -hmm. it, it feels sometimes as if you can sort of get any old app, you know, mm -hmm. onto the app store or a piece mm -hmm. of web software yeah. like Ginkgo is, and you can kind of do all right with it. Yeah. And it, it's refreshing to see someone that's actually taking a business look at this and taking it from the perspective of, right, okay, I have a product that would really solve my problem. Mm-hmm but I am very, very willing to listen to what other people say and change my mindset if I need to, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as opposed to, well, I'm going to launch a semi-decent semi app or a yeah. semi-decent piece of software. Yeah. I think it's so refreshing that you've got the attitude of, of listening and tweaking. And I would imagine it's quite an incremental approach. You know, you make the subtle changes. Is that is that the approach that you tend to take with that? Yeah, yeah, and that, I mean, every <laughs> every path has its, has its dangers. So my my... My difficult, my, like I foresee this being a problem as well that I need to be fully aware of is that I have a perfectionist tendency. And so uh, I, part of me is worried about going down this approach which I, I feel is right and I've been reading and, and, and investigating a lot about this, this path and I, I'm, I'm quite sure that this is what I need to be doing now. But I also have to be very careful because if, if you have a perfectionist tendency that's it's very easy to to get yourself into the cycle of where there's, you know, one more thing you need to add and so on. Right. And that, you know, that segues perfectly into the kind of crux and the real meat of the episode, because I'd like to take the listeners on a, on a bit of a journey. So for guys out there that are listening and perhaps you've found a problem that you think you can solve within your business, you have an idea, you have something that you know will create relevant desire within your marketplace and you'd like to create some software or an app to put out there and to really test that market. 
having seen it quite a lot with online software myself and with even just websites, believe it or not, mm-hmm. what you mentioned there about the detail is so important because mm-hmm. you can get hung up on the little things that don't matter, can't mm-hmm. you? It's so vital to get over those little hurdles. So the real meat of the episode really is, is as you know, how to overcome that paralysis, how to get over the hurdle of launching. Mm-hmm. So... As a starting point, how do you actually define, and how did you do this with Ginkgo? How did you define whether Ginkgo was viable? Um, that's tricky because, like, like I said, we kind of we're learning as we go, and um, at the time, it was more a gut feeling based on because we did have a closed beta, and based on the feedback we got from there, you know, like just to see um, the feedback we got on the on the product. Essentially, it fell into two camps. Either there was silence, so the, the user just didn't get it and just you know didn't say anything, or it was rabid, uh, you know, very very positive feedback. So we knew that there is a segment of people that just sees it and gets it and says, "Wow, I can use this." And and uh, you know, so that that was very encouraging, and that's really what gave us the the impetus to to move forward with it. I hear what you're saying on that because I have to admit that the moment that I saw Ginkgo, I was just smitten. I think you put it in an email to me, actually. Mm-hmm. I think you yeah. said something <laughs> something along the lines of, wow, you're smitten. And do you know what? I, I hold my hands up. I absolutely mm-hmm. adore it. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's such a solution to a problem that I would imagine 60, 70, 80, maybe even 90% of people that write online or write offline for anything probably have. Right. And Ginkgo solves it so, so well. Thank you. So... <laughs> Hey, no, thank you. <laughs> You've made my life so much easier. Mm-hmm. And thinking about the whole mindset that you're in as you're developing an app then yeah. and as you're developing software, how did you find that developing? You know, what, what were the goals when you set out originally and what are the goals now and how have you adapted and changed as a person along that journey? Uh, I mean, it's it's hard because there's this this mix of what... Okay, let me see if I can, like the goals that, that I have seem to fluctuate between um, monetary and, and benevolent, let's say, right? <laughs> and I'm kind of stuck between these two uh, competing forces. And it's, it's tricky because the, the, the actions that the one would take, depending on which one you're drawn to or which one you're, you're focusing on, vary tremendously and has a big impact on, on, on the overall and long-term process right so i feel like in the process of the last few years i've i've been uh kind of going back and forth in these two extremes and i'm trying to find a middle ground where where i i focus on quality and trying to solve uh, the problem that that people are having um take time if that's what that's what's necessary you know not not just push things and try to try to squeeze more and optimize and all this kind of stuff and so I think that's the biggest change that's that's been happening recently in, in my mindset is is trying to shift more towards that and uh, less towards um, the kind of marketing that you see a lot in, especially in the technology space. That which is, you know, assuming that that your your main uh, goal is to grow and that you have numbers and statistics and optimization and all these kind of marketing techniques that are useful later on down the line. But just um, I think I was doing that too soon or wanting to do that too soon. So that's the, that's the biggest change, I think. I'm, I'm not sure if I, that answered your question. 
I think it's perfect. I think it's the, the whole thing that I take from that, and I'm sure that the listeners will take from that, is that it's it's back to that impatience, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. back to yeah. allowing the product to become a product. Yeah. And I, in fact, I read an article last week about the difference between a startup and a hobby. Mm-hmm. And it's moving from being a hobby into being a startup. Yeah. You know, the first year or the first two years, it's difficult mm-hmm. to accept sometimes that for the first six months, it perhaps is just a hobby. Yeah. And I think the slowing down, what you mentioned there about just slowing down and accepting yeah. the fact that you've got a lot of work to do yeah, is massive. And it's something that, I mean, I don't know about you, but I've certainly seen people in the startup and the technology scene get so disheartened so quickly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because they don't have 10,000 users on day yeah. one and 35,000 yeah, sure. on, you know, it's, it's huge. So it's, I think that's so valuable. So if, if you are a listener out there and you're thinking about creating some software or you're creating added value for your customers through an app or some online process, mm-hmm. I guess the key takeaway from that is, look, don't get disheartened if it doesn't happen overnight. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's <laughs> it's hard because you hear that as well. You know, it doesn't happen overnight, but it's still, you know, like the the amount of exposure that 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 companies get when they are growing very rapidly is so far outweighs what uh, the few articles here and there that say it doesn't happen overnight. It took years. Look at this company. It took you know several years before they even had their first product that actually got traction and so on and so forth. And it's it's really hard because it's so pervasive that even people around you that are not in the tech space, and maybe especially people around you that are not in the tech space or in in, in entrepreneurship and so on, they have that image as well. And so when you're talking to family or friends and so on, it just there's very much this undercurrent of, you know, hey, you're, you're, you know, why aren't you exploding yet, you know? And and it's it's hard to it's hard to communicate that that's that's a false uh, expectation, it's a false hope. Interestingly, that's it's something that I was discussing, I think earlier this week with a colleague when we were talking about the technology startups and specifically in the software space. Mm-hmm. If you said to someone, I have a bricks and mortar retail outlet, a shop or a cafe, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and after six months you hadn't been bought out or acquired by a bigger organization, mm-hmm. no one would really worry about that. Right. It was just it was just a natural yeah. way, wasn't it? Yeah. And because you're in tech and because yeah. you know these success stories are on the news all of the time, yeah. as you say, people expect you to be bought out within two weeks. Yeah. And, and, and just to just to highlight how odd this is, it's actually the inverse of what you would expect. So, like people who um, they understand that starting a restaurant or or something more more, I'd say traditional, I guess, because the model is known. I mean, the model has been around for for centuries, right? Um, they don't expect you to be, you know, having been been acquired or have millions of of users, or, uh, you know, millions of in revenue within six months or a year, right? Um, and that's even though. Like I said, the model is very clear. You know what you need. You know your costs. It's been done hundreds of times before, and there's so much to guide you in those steps, right? And so to expect in something like software where you can create anything, and out of the, the, the thousands and thousands of different possibilities of things that you could create, very few of them have ever existed before, and very few of them, those, actually solve a problem. So it's, it's, it's odd that software you expect uh, so much growth and so much uh, momentum, whereas in traditional space, you 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 understand that things take time. Speaking of time, actually, that's 
it's something that I wanted to get onto actually because we talked about it earlier and once again congratulations because I do know you have a new addition to the family yeah. very recently. <laughs> <laughs> so alongside the sleepless nights and the nappy changes, mm-hmm. how have you found working Ginkgo and developing Ginkgo alongside running a, a small young family? Has that been challenging? Is it oh yeah, absolutely. Rewarding? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. And um, I'd have to say, I always imagined it would be hard. And, uh, you know, when you're about to be parents, people who are parents tell you, oh, it's, it's going to be hard, you know. <laughs> but until, do you have children, by the way? I do not. No, I'm, uh, okay. I, I'm, I'm sort of, it's on the horizon shortly. Okay. But right. so I'm, I'm waiting <laughs> eagerly for this advice. Sir. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, you're going to hear, and I mean, if, if people are honest with you, with you you're going to hear that it's very hard. It is really hard. And even having heard that, I underestimated how hard it would be. Um, but there is some. There is a plus side, which is, for the first, um, let's say, I don't know, five six months, I'd say it was really difficult. Um, but as time went on, and especially now, I feel uh, with my wife and I, we are getting into this um, good flow, where we are kind of constrained in how much time we can devote to our businesses. Because my wife has a business as well, and. Um, that constraint is really cause, uh, forcing us to focus. You know, like we can't, we, we don't have a, we don't even have a full eight hour day um, to work, either of us. And we alternate, uh, she works uh, a few hours, I work a few hours and we're alternating like that. And so we, we need to get done uh, what, what most people, you know, if they're in a nine to five or so on, that we need to bring that all down to a few hours a day. And it's been extremely, Difficult at first, but extremely useful uh, of a skill to be able to, to eliminate the waste and to, to really focus on effective actions. And we're still working on that. We're still learning, but uh, it has improved significantly in, in the recent few months. Well, that's so inspirational for people that have got a business and perhaps feel like they, uh, you know, they struggle with that work-life balance. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the whole Parkinson's law, where yeah. um, you know a, a job will expand to take the time that is allotted to it. Yeah. I think you you have seemingly conquered that so well because you've just, frankly, you've just had to, haven't you? Yeah, that's it's quite simple. Yeah, you have to, and there's no other, there's no way around it, basically. Well, and- congratulations again on that. That's fantastic. Really inspirational. Thank you. Sorry, you were just about to say something then, and I I interrupted with my congratulations. <laughs> uh, no, I think I think that was that was it for uh, for um, you know managing time and all that. It's just it's you know just persistent and 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 not giving up on because we could have very easily said, okay, you know what, this is not working. Um, you know, I'm I'm gonna have to you know because because we like the lifestyle we have now when we're working on where we we both work from home. We, we set our schedules and uh, we, we like that a lot. And it, we could have at some point said, okay, you know, this is not working. We're going to have to uh, put our son in daycare and get, you know, one of us get a full-time job or, or a part-time job or something, you know. And uh, it was a real struggle to persist and say, you know, we, this, is, this is what we want. This is what we want for our lives. And it's just to keep going until it starts to fit together. So... It's that persistence, you know, you have the persistence in the software, in the, in the vision for the business, and it appears that you have the, the vision of your perfect family work-life balance as well, and mm-hmm. if you're achieving that, then, then that is, it's extremely enviable for a lot of people. 
Well, I mean, well, I, I don't want to overstate the point. We definitely struggle day in, day out. I mean, like, it's very easy for us. We're still working on this flow, and it's very easy for us to get derailed when, when something doesn't, doesn't line up correctly. And, you know, things, we just end up having a terrible day, but that, that we're still working on it. And it's just, um, but yeah, persistence, I think, if there's one thing that, that you need to have as an entrepreneur is persistence. Or, Absolutely. Or, or not even as an entrepreneur, just somebody who, who wants to work towards a goal um, is just that, is persistence. So, and our vision is still evolving as well of, of both the business and the family life, but we roughly know where we want to go in both of these. And so we just keep, keep at it. You know? I think that's probably the, the finest advice you can give, actually, isn't it? Just keep at it. You know? <laughs> yeah, keep, keep at, at it. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. So, so, so just jumping back to software for a moment yeah. then. The, as the inevitable launch of, of Ginkgo approaches, you, I guess, because of the, all the positive feedback, mm. very little negative feedback, mm-hmm. how do you decide what is, in terms of features, what is going to be included in version one and what you will leave out? How do you balance the, you know, I'd quite like it to do this, or it would yeah. be fantastic if it did this. How does <laughs> yeah. one decide what to cut? Yeah, well, that's that's very tricky. Well, at first, we didn't really have to decide what to cut because we were very much going with the traditional and very um, oft-repeated advice to launch before you're, you're ready. So there was when we initially launched, there were some key parts of the of the software that that weren't present. So we weren't really thinking what to cut. We're just thinking, can we launch without this? One of them being that we were limited to three levels of depth. So if you're using Ginkgo now, you can go as as deep into an idea or zoom out as much as you want. But when we launched, it was just three levels, which was somewhat, I mean, very limiting once you've experienced more than that. And uh, so we didn't really have that problem of what to cut. But in terms of prioritizing features, that's still, um, as I said, it's really just the, the hesitation that I have personally with choosing one direction over another is quite simply because I'm sitting here in my office thinking about it and not, and not talking to people who are either users or who may be users who I think would want or would benefit more from Ginkgo than, than a different segment or who have tools that are... Because, sorry to go off uh, um, in a different direction, but the, the tools that many writers have, depending on what they're writing, the competition, let's say, is, is very different. And I think that part of the, the choice for uh, academic writing and academic uh, um, areas as a focus is because the competition is, is uh, less intense there. And it's not to avoid competition, it just means that the tools that they have are not good enough for what they need. So that's one way that I'm, I'm hoping to prioritize. But really, like I said, the problem is that I'm theorizing and I need to get out there and, uh, and test these assumptions, as they say. What challenges have you faced actually on, on that point? So obviously talking to your customers is vital in any yeah. kind of market. And, you know, the brick and mortar businesses that are out there will tell you that the walk past traffic and the people that walk in and give their opinion. Yeah. So, so valuable. Yeah. When you are working the lifestyle that you're working and you are developing software. Yeah. How do you do that? How can one go about gathering that feedback? Well, it's, it's, um, I think it comes down to intellectual honesty and not tricking yourself. So 
in theory, with a scientific background, that's something that I should be, I should be good at. But it's it's tricky because it's so easy to say, okay, I'm going to send out a survey, and I've done this in the in the last couple of months. And you know, you write the survey, you say, what do you use Ginkgo for? And you know, like research papers, or, or writing my thesis, or writing a screenplay, project planning, etc. So I had all these options, right? And uh, the th- the results came back, and it it very strongly showed that it was research and 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 re- both research papers and uh, thesis combined were were number one and number two and number three was pro- uh, personal productivity, right? But in if if this were a scientific study, I don't think that 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 survey would have would have cut it because I the the options were kind of weighted towards that. I realized <laughs> afterwards that it was kind of weighted towards those options. So it's I was trying to confirm what I already believed. Right? And I think that's the most difficult thing. And the hesitation to go out and talk to people is that you, it's much harder to rationalize a face-to-face interaction than it is to uh, rationalize away da- data right? or to massage the data and the statistics to, to kind of fit what you already want to be the truth. I think that's the most challenging thing. That, and that's the thing that I think is a strong reason why it's difficult to get yourself to go out there because you're going to know right away whether your your dream idea is is valid or not because of the the person's face right <laughs> I, I think that's that's quite simply the the, the worry it's something that you see quite a lot in market research is a uh, you know inside dmsqd when we're doing the, the research into either new product development or we're working on strategic marketing campaigns mm-hmm. or you know whatever that may be you're right it's so difficult not to pre-weight yeah. the market research, isn't it? Yeah. And I would imagine that's amplified to the nth degree by the fact that you have a product that you've grown and you've, you've built yeah. yourself. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, there's, there's all the time investment and the energy and, and the feeling that, you know, um, you kind of, at this point, that's why they, they highly recommend, and I wish I had done this earlier, but um, that you do this first, right? That you do the, the talking to your potential customers for a much longer period of time before you start building anything. And the, the reason un, un, that until recently that felt um, um, that it went counter to some of the things I believe is that the feeling is that it kind of leads you to uh, building what other people want without focusing too much on quality, right? But I think it is a, you need to take what you see and learn out in the field, let's say. But then you, you can come up to creative solutions to your problem. So the creativity comes in finding the solutions and not in determining the problem, right? Like the problem is set by the, the, the people you talk to and what they say. And your input is on how you deliver that solution and what you create to, to solve that problem. From the perspective of, uh, you know, we live in an app culture, from the perspective of software and the availability of developers and the, the almost the trend of wanting to put software out, mm-hmm. that's so, so vital, isn't it? Managing to get a solution to a problem and not, not assume that there's a problem there when one perhaps doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and like, like I said, the trickiest is really just when you're almost there and when you we do have a problem that like like ginkgo it tackles it it does solve a problem right i mean i know that it solved my problem and i know that it solves many people's problems and so um in our case the problem is not that it's not solving a problem it's solving too many problems right so that's also another thing to to keep in mind 
we live in a world really where people expect too much from things. And from a software perspective, it, the obvious success stories that are out there yeah. all come from software that has chosen a specific niche and done yeah. that very, very well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to see that that's in Ginkgo's future is, is huge because it's not just solving a writing problem. It's, I would imagine, is it moving towards solving a writing problem for a specific audience then? Well, that's the short term, yeah. The thing is that, um, <laughs> and here's another of those uh, conflicts that I find that I come across often, is that um, I have a massive vision for, for Ginkgo itself and for the problems I want to tackle in my life. And to, to combine that with where I am now and what I have in front of me, it's, it's very hard to be working on what I have in front of me which is a writing tool, when I'm thinking about uh, Ginkgo as a, as a completely new medium, and sorry if you can, <laughs> you can hear my son in the background, <laughs> it's part of, uh, part of the deal with <laughs> home office. Um, yeah, so combining what, and focusing on the short term, so yeah, I want Ginkgo to, to, to solve the writing problems for a particular um, niche, right? And so right now, like I said, I'm thinking of the academics, but what I want to do is really make it a complete workflow that happens in Ginkgo. So they, they, they do their, their notes openly, collaboratively in Ginkgo, and that slowly becomes a paper that they work on collaboratively. And the, the, the publication process, like I have all these steps in mind for what currently happens and how I think it should happen. And, and Ginkgo would just be building up on that. To eventually, my, my goal with, with that particular avenue is to change the way that science in particular is communicated and collaborated because I think that's a huge, um, I don't want to say gap, but it, it's a huge, um, it really makes me angry and sad, to be honest, how, how poorly it's done now and how much better it could be. So that's, that's kind of the, the, the broader, bigger vision that I have for, for this space. That makes sense. So we've got the roadmap, and we we know where Ginkgo has come from, and mm-hmm. we know a little about you, a little bit about yourself, Adriana. So let's talk about your experience, and for the guys listening out there who perhaps own a business or work within a business who are, who are trying to really solve a problem for their customers. Mm-hmm. As you know, Excellence Expect is all about creating actionable tips and takeaways that people can implement into their own workflow. So. I know you've been working on three actionable tips that guys can take away from this chat mm. to implement into their own software development workflow. So let's talk about those for a second. Where do, yeah, you, sure. uh, where do you see that advice? Well, uh, I'm looking at them now and I see that one of them is actually a med- meta tip, but you'll, you'll see how, what I mean by that. But the, the, the first one, it would be that if you find that you were um, procrastinating or, or just delaying a launch or, or having fear about launching um, to really think and, and, and try to understand whether that's a personality trait, like it's something about perfectionism, or if it's a lack of clarity that's, that's causing you to delay the launch. Because, I, and I think that's, that's really what I've been struggling with and, and what I realize is that it's not, it's not that the product isn't good enough or that uh, you know, there's no market for it or, or any of that. It's just that really... Um, I'm lacking the certainty of, you know, this group of people really needs this. And if I just add this other feature, for sure, they're going to um, 
you know, really benefit from that. And just that, that lack of certainty and clarity. And to, to see any kind of, to, to trust yourself a little bit and say that, okay, if I'm, if I'm hesitating on this, is there a reason? You know, sometimes it, it is just, you know, you're, you're, it's just scary to launch something. But, but I found that it, for me, it was more a lack of clarity. And that's what I'm trying to fix now is just, so in, in short, if, if you're, if you're delaying something, you know, make sure that it's, it's not for some, uh, piece of information you're missing or, or, or just to try to get some clarity around that to make sure that because that will really help uh, it automatically switch your mindset into launching. So that's a real, that's a real kicker. It's a real personal kicker, isn't it? It's yeah. something that you can, you can self-assess even in your deepest, darkest moments when you right. sat there yeah. and you're not, you know, you, you're perhaps feeling as if you'll never get to launch because the killer feature is not quite there. Yeah. That's some really strong analysis you can do on yourself, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and really that, that ties into the next tip, which is really to give yourself time to think. And I do this on a regular basis. Like I literally, every Thursday, I, I wake up at 5.30 in the morning because, uh, every day because uh, it's the only quiet time I have to work. So on Thursdays, I, I, you know, around 6, I roll out my wife's yoga mat on the floor. I have a clipboard next to me and I just stare at the ceiling for like 90 minutes just thinking. <laughs> and it's, it's from those thinking blocks that I have weekly that, that this clarity comes in. I mean, you need the, the data fed in by, you know, talking to people, talking to your customers, but really like to, to get um, clarity on what's holding you back or what needs to be done. I find that it's so easy to just be doing, 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 and just like scrambling here from this to that, but um, take the time to think. I think that's extremely important. In a world of impatience, <laughs> that is some very sage advice. Uh, people don't, and me included, I'm terrible for it. Mm -hmm. Really, don't sometimes value thinking time. So that's that's huge. That is yeah. huge. Yeah. And I want to say one more thing about that is that it's um, it's valuable to set that time aside, whether you are uh, like yourself or like my wife, um, somebody who who prefers to do rather than to think, or somebody like me who's, who's <laughs> I'd rather think all the time, right? <laughs> um, whether you're either of those people, it's it's helpful to 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 time box that essentially. Like every every week or or however much time you can devote to this, say you will be doing this thinking like on from a higher level just to to get a broader overview, and that's that's really useful. Um, and a lot of great ideas come from that, and that's that's worth much more than the time investment. But it it just has to be consistent, and you have to allow yourself to do that regularly. As much as you can, I'd say. I mean, not as much as you can because you can't do too much thinking, like I said. But just at at regular intervals, do do some bigger picture thinking, and treat it as part of your job. I guess yeah, you know it is. It is absolutely part of your job. It's if if in fact, as time goes on, it should be more part of your job. I think um, that's that's the way things go. I think as as things get bigger, is that you you need to start thinking even, you know, from a, from an even higher perspective. And, you know, instead of five years, you know, you think 10, 20 years uh, down the line and so on. But yeah, it is part of your job even now. That's a great, great tip. Something that I'm actually myself thinking about how I can get that into my schedule. <laughs> right. And that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, that that is so, so valuable. So yeah. if you're listening out there and you feel like you're struggling for time, block out some time to think because it will impact everything else that you yeah, do. Yeah, uh, it's a meeting with yourself, either weekly or bi-weekly. And if you do do that, I'd also recommend that you look at uh, John Cleese from Monty Python has a great talk on uh, creativity. And and he, he goes through what, 
he thinks leads to very creative solutions and and the most important in his, in his opinion is to to block up re- regular time to think and and some of the criteria for what makes effective thinking in that state so if you if you just google john cleese creativity you'll find a video out there and that that approach is just it, like it can really unblock you i mean like there are times where you're stuck on a certain problem for for months right and just because you haven't taken the time to step back and really think about it that's that's really really useful and i will make sure that for you guys listening out there that the link to the john cleese uh, the john cleese talk is in the show notes as well because I, I have to admit i have not seen that myself mm-hmm. so we'll dig into that that's so useful so yeah fantastic tip number two and tip number three sir <laughs> it's a it's a meta meta tip in the sense of um that I, I've, like I said, lately, especially I've been listening to a lot of things and I'm always reading and, 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 you know, watching videos on how to improve myself, how to improve my business and all of that. And it's very easy to, to absorb all this information, to let it kick around in your head and then not do anything about it. Um, so what I've started doing and, and I very much urge you, whatever it is that you're listening to, whatever it is you're, you're consuming to just ask yourself, at the end of anything that you watch or see or read, what's the next action for yourself? And even if, if it's not like you're, you're doing this great thing where you're asking for actionable tips and advice, but even if it's something more general where that's not the case, find the next action for yourself. And um, not necessarily do it because not everything that's suggested is, <laughs> is going to be good advice. But if you have, like, you don't have to think too deeply about it because. You'll never know unless you try it. And of, often the times, oftentimes the advice is quite simply, you know, something simple like this simple exercise or, or try this thing for your business or what would happen if this were done. Actually, at the end of the, the, the episode or the, the article or whatever, just say, what can I do to try this? And, and set that into your, your whatever system you keep track of your task and so on and try it because it's so easy with the, with the, with the content out there to, to believe that You've learned all these great things about about um, entrepreneurship or business or, or personal productivity, but it, if you're not taking the steps and actually applying them in your own life and in your own business, it, it doesn't mean uh, it's very you're not learning really. And so that's that's something I'd, I'd recommend is just what's the next action that I can take, physical, uh, yeah, the physical visible action that I can take on this. Uh, idea that I just heard or this thought or this process. That is such a valuable way for people to actually move forward, isn't it? You know, to keep that, that perpetual emotion that sometimes we all lack, that motivation, the little micro steps that you can take based on the moment of inspiration. You know, if you listen to, in, excuse me, listening to Excellence Expected and you find Adriano's talk so inspiring, you know, what action can you take next right. Right. based on what we're talking about now? And it doesn't have to be anything big, does it? No, it can be. It's just as long as you take something from it. I mean, if you went through the time to listen to it and you found that, you know, it sparked ideas or or or, or had some thoughts running in your head, like what can I do to 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 apply this in my life and in my business? And it's it it's it's that switch would make it so that everything you consume that that has relevance to you and that that resonates with you actually moves you forward. That is superb advice and something that I'm sure a lot of lot of business owners and a lot of entrepreneurs out there will actually realize they don't actually do, especially in this age of, of, of content. We all live in, in, a, in an age of so much content all yeah. of the time, don't we? And, and stepping back and marrying 
the thinking time with the actions, you know, yeah. that surely that has to be such a catalyst for positive change. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's fantastic. Adriano, that is superb. Before we close the show, tell people where they can find you online. Yeah. We're uh, we're at ginkoapp.com and ginkgo's a, a bit tricky in the spelling, so the way I rem- it's G I N G K O. If you want to remember it's uh, getting killer organized are the last three words. So ginkgoapp.com. Or you can follow on Twitter at the same, at Ginkgo app. So that's, that's where we are. Adriana, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on and I will continue using Ginkgo for all of my writing. I assure you, sir, it's such a, such a good tool. And I urge anyone out there to try it. There is a free trial, am I right in saying so? Yep. Super, dig in, give it a go. You've got nothing to lose, ginkgoapp.com. Thanks to you guys for listening to Excellence Expected. Once again, if you enjoy the show, head on over to iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a very, very honest review. And by all means, pick up the show notes for this episode and, of course, all of the others over at excellence-expected.com. Whilst you're on there, don't forget that you can sign up to receive a copy of my free ebook, which will teach you how to regain some of the valuable time that we all lose every single day. Adriana, thank you once again, sir. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for having me, Mark. Don't forget, the more you expect from yourself, the more you will excel. Until next time, bye-bye.